Launching your product in a new market is a huge moment for your company and a big growth milestone. Now, unfortunately, many B2B SaaS go-to-market teams falter and miss out on critical components that make up a successful new market launch. I'll share a story of one of my consulting clients and more importantly, three key mindset and tactics that you need to adopt when launching your product in a new market. So I was talking to a co-founder who's also the chief revenue officer of a series A B2B SaaS company based out of India. Now this was back in September of 2019 and I get a message on LinkedIn. He says, hey Vijay, saw you on LinkedIn, want to get your thoughts and advice on a B2B marketing initiative. So I jump on a call and we speak for about 45 minutes. Now the chief revenue officer obviously liked it. So a couple of weeks later, he says, hey, can you help us with the North America launch for our product? He says that, Vijay, we have traction in Asia and Europe, but also feel that North America is a big market opportunity for us. And I've done secondary research, even spent time at a couple of industry events in the U.S., where I came and met some of my target buyers. And the need of the art for now is someone who's local, has the skills and the background and the mindset to speak and do the primary search, and then come back to us with what it takes to do a successful launch in North America for our product. So I meet with the co-founder, the CEO, and the chief revenue officer present my consulting engagement proposal, and we sign an agreement with three phases. But the first phase is the most important, and that's what we're going to focus here. The first phase is all about helping my client get an actionable launch plan with validation and primary research for the North American market. Now, giving you some context over here. So this B2B SaaS go-to-market company or B2B SaaS company that's based out of India, what they do is they make a virtual try-on product and it includes like a backend analytics platform, also includes like a phone app and they sell it to the opticians, the optometrists, the retailers, and the big problem that these uh, folks are trying to solve for the retailers and the optometrists is, so for example, when you go to a website and want to try on a new pair of glasses, obviously you don't have the ability and you don't have the comfort or the confidence to see how that new pair of glasses will look on your face. Now, this virtual try-on app, what it'll do is just by you pointing the camera in your phone and just facing it, facing your phone within few seconds, you're able to try the new set of glasses. And it's almost like literally like a life, like life, real life experience for you there. So that's what the product is all about. So the first step for me was, uh, remember I told you that uh, this uh, chief revenue officer was in the US and attended a couple of events. So they did get a couple of leads, like about 15, 20 leads from those events. So my first job was to follow up with these leads. Now, good thing is the leads express interest. So they're warm-ish leads, not cold. And first priority for me was to see who all were interested, what did they need, and then identify a few folks who would be 
my beta customers. After calling about 15, 20 of them doing cold warmish call and doing email follow-ups, finally I was able to nail down three retailers and optometrists, right? Remember as I was telling earlier, the target buyers in this case are the optometrists. So one optometrist in Minneapolis, one in Texas and one in Canada. So we went back and forth and finally, uh, eventually we engaged and I developed an action plan for each of these uh, optometrists. So the Minnesota retailer, he decided to do a POC. His whole message to me was, Vijay, if, you, if your product can really do what you're saying, that'd be a big game changer for me because I have a lot of my buyers, website visitors come, but I lose them because they're not able to try. Or even if I have the ability to offer an alternative, it, it's painful, that alternative is painful, right? So if your virtual try on product can actually say, solve the problem for my buyers, that's a big game changer for me. So my immediate game plan with this Minnesota retailer was to engage in a POC. Now, as for the retailer in Texas, he did uh, indicate interest, but at the same time said that, hey, I don't have a big budget. So pricing issue for me. So sorry, no thanks, but no thanks. We don't want to engage later, right now. But at the same time, what I did with this Texas retailer was jumped on a call and understood the barriers and even presented the pricing uh, plans that we had and got feedback. So I was able to do that with this Texas retailer, even though he said he didn't want to engage and do a POC right now. Now, as for the third retailer who's based in Canada, uh, the good thing was he actually expressed interest and interest and was ready to sign a 12 month contract. Now, fast forward a month, I got feedback from the retailer in Minnesota. I got feedback from the retailer in Texas. I also got a solid uh, bin from this retailer in Canada. Now, the reason why I'm emphasizing these three engagements is because each of these three engagements served as vehicles that make up the component for a successful new market launch. They served data points as to what are the barriers or objections for these retailers to purchase. Again, going back to the example of the Texas retailer, they also served as the language. Uh, they also served and provided language as to how and what resonates with these retailers, like which feature resonates with these retailers compared to the buyers in the Asia and Europe market. They also provided uh, solid data points and feedback on the buying behavior, right? So for each of these cases, these leads came from industry events. Now keep in mind, this was pre-COVID days. So we did have, of course, my launch plan because by the time I delivered the recommendations for my consulting client, I had to bake in and reduce or even eliminate the industry events as a marketing channel and focus more heavily on the digital marketing channels. So coming back, 
the key takeaways for you over here is if you are launching an existing product in a new market, now again, that's a huge moment in your company's growth milestone. So do not make these critical mistakes. Do not make any mistakes. And when you think about and work with your cross-functional go-to-market teams, keep these three things in mind, both a combination of mindset and the tactics. The number one mindset is the awareness and the importance to study your market first. Do primary research, not just secondary research. That's number one. Second, when you're actually doing your primary research and doing your customer and buyer interviews, wear the hat of a product person, wear the hat of a salesperson, and wear the hat of a marketing person. Now, if you do not have those skill sets, you what you can do is you can rope in the respective cross-functional team members and you can go out and meet them as a team. So be curious, talk, observe, figure out which features will resonate versus which will not. And maybe it's that one feature that's more prominent for your market segment. And the third key component is assume that whatever work for you in one market will not work in that new market that you're looking to launch in. So those are the three takeaways for you. So tying everything back, uh, think about how you're doing and approaching a, your new market launch. And uh, even if you take action on even one, that that's a big win for you and your cross-functional team. So for more insights and tactics for B2B go-to-market, be sure to hit the subscribe button and follow and connect on LinkedIn. Look forward to more episodes in the coming days.